Idly ho, neighbor Runo. It's your old chuckle buddy. Guess who? Jonathan James Ramcharan. Reporting live for duty on this magnificent January 10th in the year of our Lord, 2021. Welcome and bienvenue to Jonathan Ramcharan, the podcast. Holy moly. January 10th already? You know, barely had time to shake off the, um, you know, sugar plums and fairies dancing in my head. Next thing you know, it's the end of the year. Is there still coronavirus, COVID-19 going on? What's going on? Is China taking over? Anyways, folks, if you're new to the show, Jonathan Ramtran, the podcast. This is a show where I bitch, whine, squawk, cabelliake and kibitz, you know, bellyache rather, about myself in order to relate to y'all self, y'all the dear listener, y'all the dear viewer. Shared experiences, kindred souls, BFFs forever. You know, I'm available on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube. If you want to catch video versions, vodcast versions of the show, hit up my channel, Jonathan Ramcharan, on YouTube. You know, my own website Jonathan-Ramcharan.com. And as always, folks, if you're enjoying the show, getting some laughs, chuckles, gags, guffaws, you know, knee slappers, you know, couple, um, you know, chortles. If you're digging the show, folks, please help my black ass out for crying out loud. Share me with a friend. Sharing's caring, folks. You know, it truly is hot. It's a hot one, folks. Yeah, get to sweating, boy. You know, I'm working today, boy. Sweating gets hot. Yeah, lights be on you. Makes you, makes you sweat, gets you hot. And if you are new to the show, I am an actor extraordinaire. Yes, Diploma in Theater Arts. Thespian to the bone, ladies and gentlemen, and damn proud of it. Yes. Um, you know, 2021. New hopes, new beginnings, same perversions, you know? I was watching this, uh, I guess it was like a series on a very popular streaming platform. This new series starring a very talented um, actor. Now, I don't want to go name and names because I got a little bit of a bone to pick. So, like, I'm all excited. I'm aware of this actor. I like his work. I'm checking out this new series. We're like... Two minutes into the series, and then there's this sickening, sickly, love, lovey-dovey, mushy, mumbo-jumbo sex scene. You know, it's like these two tween-age, oh, hell, I don't know, 20-year-olds, you know, puppy love, young love, right? Couple young whippersnappers, you know, they're rolling around in the hay, androgynous. The man, he's skinny as a rail, 
you know? You know, gosh darn toothpick. He's rolling around in the hay with this other sickly, thin, you know, androgynous looking young woman. They're rolling around in the sack. Cut to this scene. This girl, she's putting her dress on over her head, right? One of them flowing, like, uh, floral print gowns that I guess were kind of popular in the 90s when you wear, like, Doc Martin boots. That real kind of grungy lesbo look. So anyway, she's pulling this floral gown over her head. You see her sickly, thin, rail-thin ribs jutting out, you know, profile. You know, a little bit of nipple action. I'm just kind of like, hmm. I don't know about this. Like, it's not all that attractive now, is it? You know, she kisses her boyfriend goodbye or girlfriend, whatever the hell he is. You know, real androgynous looking couple. She goes and kisses the other thing. Kisses it. Bye, honey. Skips off. Cut to the other androgynous boy, man, oh hell, I don't know, whatever he is. You know, like I said, rail thin, androgynous looking dude, woman thing, alien. Cut to this, cut to this lamppost. It's like a shot on, for the sake of argument, his. It's like a direct shot on his buttocks. Just a prolonged gaze at this androgynous tween-age male's buttocks type of shit that makes you sick to your stomach, right? I'm like, what the fuck does this have to do with any plot or storyline, you know? And if you're going to go out of the way to, like, show the male buttocks, can it at least be somebody who does squats? Like, give me a fucking Arnold Schwarzenegger circa pumping iron. It's better than coming. You know, give me some of that glute, gluteus maximus type action. Like a Russell Crowe type. What's with this sickly, rail-thin, androgynous-looking man-child? You know? Type of shit that makes you sick to your stomach. Now, now, now. This is not a um, pronoun debate or a sexual orientation discussion. I'm talking about nudity in film. You ever scratch your head about that? What purpose does nudity serve in film? It's very distracting, pointless, and it doesn't really further the plot. You know, it's kind of like Lauren Hill said, and in spite of all my wisdom and my theory, I add a motherfucker so them ignorant hear me. You have to add a motherfucker so those ignorant people be hearing thee. That's what a lot of it is. It's just like glitz and glam and eye candy just like to rope in a person's attention. It has no fucking meaning to the overall story arc. What's some real thin fucking man-child's buttocks got to do with the plot of this story? It's a real slap to the old kisser. Real slap to the old fucking, you know, mug to be like bombarded with like sickly androgynous nudity 30 seconds into a screening. You know, the, the, the series was 30 seconds into its beginning 
And it's already just like, from my viewpoint, tasteless. Type of shit that makes you sick to your stomach. I remember even back in my uh, younger days, you know, back when I was a youngin, as a munchkin, growing up. I mean, pornography is available. You can always go dig under a bush in the ravine, find a couple playboys, you know. Flesh Gordon, Showtime, for all y'all Canadians. Red Shoe Diaries, you know, Flesh Gordon. You can always stay up late and watch Showtime. Maybe you'll catch a nipple or two, you know. Some scantily clad 90s, you know, pinup that slapped together red lipstick and them, you know, that sultry, kind of dirty, fuzzy, you know, scrambly kind of, you know, nighttime programming. <laughs> Eat wild on, you know, your dick would get doing when like uh, E wild on, if you all remember that show from the E network, wild on the travel network. You know, it's like, oh my God, these whores are on spring break. You know, you can always stay up late to catch that. You don't have to watch some androgynous naked couple rolling around in a futon to get your kicks. Type of shit makes you sick to your stomach, as far as I'm concerned, right? I've always felt that way. It's like, you might as well just watch pornography. What does it have to do with the film? It's distracting. Right? So, I was like all excited for this new series. I watched like literally like two, three minutes of it. That pornography came on. I'm just like, yo, done. I felt like insulted. It was like a slap to the kisser. You know? Real slap to the kisser. It's like, do you think I'm retarded? You know, is that how you... Why would you just like flaunt some... Some naked dude's ass. It was like a it was like a twenty second shot of this dude's ass, and you're like twenty min you're like three minutes into the series. I'm like, what the fuck am I watching? Done. <laughs> you know. So it's very interesting that idea, nudity on film, and granted, as an actor. It's not exactly easy doing them love scenes. I've had to do, you know, a couple of them in my day, you know. In my days in the theater, you know, I had two of them. You know, the first one wasn't quite my fault. Like, um, the chick was kind of egging me on. You know, we were, like, doing this, like, rehearsal. And, you know, she's, she's, like, eye-fucking me, giving me the googly eye. You know, she was really egging me on, right? I was, like... Getting a little hot and bothered, right? I was getting a little wound up. I was like... <clears throat> you know, I was getting a little steamy, right? I was like... Ugh. And the second time it happened to me, it was like another rehearsal. We were rehearsing a scene. It was a different actress. And I don't know, it was just kind of awkward. I'm like... Uh... Uh, can I please be excused? I had to just like leave the room. You know, wait for my uh, member to um, 
exit parliament, so to speak. <laughs> so, like, I don't know, like, sex scenes, you know, they can be real tricky. You know, getting all hot and bothered, a little worked up, if you know what I'm saying. And, you know, I guess, like, the general protocol, um, I think I heard somebody asking, like, maybe it was, like, Dennis Hopper or, like, some famous actor. <laughs> somebody was asking them once, uh, so, like, what do you do in a sex scene if, you know, you're with your scene partner, you start to become a little aroused. Like, what do you do? <laughs> he joked. He's like, well, you're supposed to say, good morning, miss. My name's so-and-so. Happy to work with you. Just want to say, if anything happens, sorry if I do. Sorry if I don't. <laughs> Tell that to fucking Harvey Weinstein. But, like, I, is that the protocol? Look, honey, I know we're going to be a little bit hot and heavy in this scene here. Just want to say, sorry if I do, sorry if I don't. <laughs> you know, I'm talking about erections. So, like, it's just such an awkward situation. It's like, why does it even have to get to that point? Now, 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 now. Sometimes, like, um, sexual gratuity, gluttony, graphic, sexual graphics a sexually graphic scene sometimes serves to further the plot one comes to mind which i thought was done very tastefully considering it was like some hardcore doggy style fucking um or maybe it was anal penetration for all i fucking know but this is the point um joe pesci and sharon stone in casino they have a hot and heavy scene when, you know, he's tagging her from the back, right? <laughs> Listen, you Jew motherfucker, you. Charlie M? You made me poke your fucking eye out for Charlie M? <laughs> you know, um, Joe Pesci, he's like, you know, doing uh, Sharon Stone's character, Academy Award winner, Sharon Stone. She won an Oscar for that role in Casino by Martin Scorsese. That was a very graphic sex scene. It was like a five-second scene. It was like a cut scene. They cut to it, and they're, they're fucking. But it was just like no nudity, and then you got the point of it, and then they were away from it. And it was totally intended to show the graphic kind of animal side of you know, a sexual encounter, at least from my viewpoint as an audience member. It wasn't just gratuitous, graphic nudity and filth. You know what I mean? And I've always felt that way, even back in my youngin days. You know, like I said, 17, 18 years old, hitting the stage as an actor. You know, so I'd be watching films and stuff, and I'd be like, what's the... <clears throat> pardon me, folks. What's the point of, like, having this? It's just, it's just a distraction. But anyways, food for thought, you know, hit me up, jr.thepodcast at gmail.com. What are your thoughts on nudity in film? Does it further the plot? Does it serve the purpose? Or is it kind of like Lauren Hill? 
In spite of all my wisdom and all my theory, I add a motherfucker so them ignorant hear me. You add a motherfucker so those ignorant people hear thee. Is it just eye candy for buffoons? Is it just something to catch the eyes of a, you know, dumbed down, slopped down audience? Like, what is the point of tits and ass and cock on film? And don't get me wrong, I mean, to each their own. If you want to watch pornography, go at it. That's your choice. But I'm paying top dollar for a, well, let's call it what it is. You know, when you're you're watching something on YouTube or you're streaming or downloading a torrent off some nefarious site, I have every right to know what kind of filth is coming through my computer screen. And again... Weigh in with your comments, jr.thepodcast at gmail.com. <laughs> Alrighty then. I am also a stand-up comedian extraordinaire. Yes. And um, also had a very um, interesting uh, viewing experience this week. The Larry Sanders Show. Yes. Everybody knows that show. It was a very successful show in the early to late 90s. It ran from like 92 to 98, I believe. Just started watching it. Now, Gary Shandling. That's a name that I've always heard of. Never had a chance to knowingly check out his work. He's had a long, illustrious career. He wrote on Sanford and Son, you know. Lamont, Lamont, where at, you big dummy? Elizabeth, Elizabeth, oh, I'm coming for you, honey. Ah, Lamont, where you at, you big dummy? You know, Lamont, I'm going to the hair parlor, you know, get my head did, you know, died, fried, and laid to the side, you know. Freddy. <laughs> Elizabeth, I'm coming on the home. <laughs> Fucking Red Fox. One of my favorites. You big dummy. <laughs> Doesn't ever get old. It's like, that's one of those lines that you, I don't give a shit. You can wake me up out of a fucking coma, you know? First voice I heard in years. Jonathan, speak to me. Speak to me. And I'd just be like, what do you want, you big dummy? <laughs> it's like, Always be on my mind. It's just a funny saying. But anyway, uh, Gary Shandling uh, wrote on, uh, you know, the Red Fox show, um, his own show. I think it was called, um, what was it called? Gary Shandling has a show. There was some sort of a twist to it. It was something like that. But then, you know, which was very successful as well. And then also the Gary Shandling show. Now, Gary Shandling, um, legend. And it's just one of those names that I've, I've always heard of as a, you know, as an audience member, as a comedian myself. One of those names you always heard of, I've always heard of, I just never kind of saw him in action, right? Knowingly. So, I figured, hey, it's about time that I check out this The Larry Sanders Show, Right? Everybody, so many comedians talk about that show. One of those great shows, right? Classic shows. Like, I, I, I got to check it out. It does not disappoint. You know, 
I am I am sitting here at the top of 2021 just feeling invigorated by this little gift that fell on my lap because sometimes it's hard to get into a new series, you know what I mean? Whether it be a comedy series, whether it be a drama, sometimes it's hard to find you know, decent content that you want to watch over a period of time in this the Larry Sanders show. It's hilarious. Very well written. Um, I don't really need to give a synopsis. I mean, it's a well-known show. But, you know, just to put it out there, it's a show about um, sort of like a behind-the-scene show about this fictional late-night show host, Larry Sanders, and just the little shenanigans that go backstage, that go on backstage of his late night talk show. There's a lot of like cameos from like famous actors, musicians, comedians. And um, here I am, top of 2021. It is like, it's been a gift. You know, it's really kind of brightening my spirits, giving me motivation as a comedian. You know, I've been busting my chops lately. I really have. Hitting the old, hitting the old notepad. You know, coming up with them chuckles, not exactly easy, but, you know, been doing my due diligence. And, um, you know, I'm just happy for this, uh, this find, you know, and um, I'm spreading the word for any of y'all that uh, haven't had the chance to uh, check this series out. The Larry Sanders Show. Yes. And, you know, Gary Shandling, he's one of them comics that have a lot of respect in the comedy game. Um, Rest in peace. He is now um, on to a new Tyrane plateau. I read something very interesting, actually, on his Wikipedia page. It said that somewhere in the late 70s or 80s, he got into a car accident and, you know, he was in a coma or he was unconscious for a certain period of time. And in that unconsciousness, he heard a voice saying to him, uh, Gary Shandling, do you want to continue living Gary Shandling's life? And he answered that voice in the void. He answered, Yes. So when he came out of his coma, um, according to Wikipedia.org, make sure to donate. According to um, Wikipedia.org, that is what led him to believe that there is an afterlife. Pretty powerful stuff. And he said that experience led him to believe in an afterlife, a higher being, God. And he puts that that revelation, that power, that experience, that meaning, he puts that into his work. According to wikipedia.org, you know, make sure to donate. <laughs> So, like, that's also very inspiring. It's like, wow, you know, 
great comedic talent, Emmy Awards, peer appreciation, you know, amongst his colleagues, amongst his, um, you know, industry, well-known and recognized. So um, it's definitely been my fortune to come across, uh, or rather to have been having the opportunity to catch up on this show, The Larry Sanders Show. And if this is relatable to anybody, um, if you're looking for ways to kind of ignite that little spark in you and, you know, breathe some life into that fucking career of yours, whatever's left of it, (laughs) thank you, 2020, you know, COVID-19. If you're looking for ways to, like, rejuvenate and kickstart 2021, Take a look back to the um, pioneers of your industry. If you're a mechanic, if you're a academic, if you're a government worker, if you're a blue-collar laborer, retail, whatever you're doing, you know, look for the pioneers and the leaders and the people who innovate in your industry, and it will breathe new life into what you're doing. And um, that's definitely what um, the Larry Sanders show, and specifically Gary Shandling, that is what um, he has done for me at the top of 2021. So I'm very much looking forward to this new year. Thank you, Gary, or Larry, or Arthur, or Darlene, Or um, Hank. Hey now. (laughs) Thank all of y'all. Thank you very much. So there you have it, folks. Jonathan Ramtaran, actor extraordinaire. Yes. That pretty much sums me up at the moment, folks. You know, actor, comedian, performer, grinder, hustler, bustler, the whole kit and caboodle, folks. You get the picture. Quick coffee break, folks. Coffee break balls. Quick coffee break balls. Ah. Oh, yeah. So. Twenty twenty one. The energy comes from within. Your power is from within. You know? Take your knowledge, your wisdom, your faith. Take that power from within. Bring it without. From within to without. Inside, out. You know? That's where your strength is going to come from in 2021. If you don't know, the power is within. As they say, the kingdom of heaven is within. That being said, we must not shy away. There's still more work to do. There's still more thought, discussion, societal compromise, societal awareness that must happen. The political climate 
during this global pandemic, notably in the United States of America. You know, President, grab by the pussy, okay? Okay, we're gonna be the healthiest nation, okay? We're gonna be the wealthiest nation. I'm bringing back jobs, okay? We're gonna make America great again, okay? COVID-19, Kung Flu, Chinese virus, you know, just a little hip hiccup. Am I fucking this up right now? I never fuck anything up. I'm perfect. It's just going to be a little hiccup, okay? What I want y'all to do is, is get plenty of sunshine, inject plenty of bleach. You're going to be fine, okay? Okay, how's my hair? Fucking President Trump and President-elect what y'all need to do is go vote, okay? What y'all super predators need to do is go vote, okay? My son is not a coquette, or maybe he is, or maybe he isn't. I, whatever, who cares at this point, okay? But what you need to do is vote. Because if you don't vote for me, you don't know whether or not you are a super predator, I mean, a black person or not, okay? It's normal. Everything I say is normal. $3.5 million from the mayor of Moscow to run a Ukrainian power energy company. Even though we have no experience, no know-how, no nothing. It's normal. Everything I say is normal, okay? Super predator. What you need to do is to go and vote. It's normal. It's normal to wear masks indefinitely. Be afraid for your life indefinitely. You cannot live your life without me, okay? Where's Cardi B? Wap. Ha ha ha. President-elect Joe Biden. What the bumbaclut fuck? Well, it's pretty much official now. Um, since the ransacking and uh, I guess the storming of uh, the Capitol building during the peaceful presidential march to contest the stolen election of 2020 sort of old news at this point but it's a day that will live in infamy whatever day that was i don't even remember it was like but anyway like january 7th or something like that you know why don't you go get the facts and email them to me actually don't do that don't ever send me homework but basically um that little march on the Capitol Hill, the Capitol City Building, whatever it's called. I'm not an American, by the way. I'm a Canuck. So back the fuck up off me. But it's like, you know, global news. This, this, uh, this riot, more or less, in the Capitol Building in the United States of America had the whole world watching like, yo, what is going on? Isn't the United States supposed to be the leader of democracy, the American dream? And this is all dovetailing around the coronavirus, COVID-19, pandemic, global pandemic. You know, I mean, there's already been a lot of civil unrest 
with this presidency. Love him or hate him, Donald Trump, however you sit on that matter. Um, so there was already a bunch of... Well, it seemed as if prior to COVID-19, things were coming around. The economy was kicking up, kicking, starting up, kicking up. A lot of people were coming away, coming around to the way that Donald did his duty. This COVID-19 situation hits. All of a sudden, it's sensational. It's obviously being used as a political weapon to control and manipulate global economies for whatever nefarious reason. So, I mean, at this point, we have to open our eyes to the reality. I hope, I hope people see, you know, and I don't have any problem with being wrong. And I, in some senses, I do hope I am wrong. Actually, no, I don't. Because if I'm wrong, that means COVID-19 is a devastating disease that everybody should be afraid of indefinitely. So I hope I am right in my opinion, in my belief. And my opinion and my belief is that COVID-19 is a political weapon used to disrupt global economies and to gain control for whatever nefarious reason. And prior to it, there seemed to be some sort of peaceful resolution going on in the States. It seemed like their economy was kicking up. It seemed like the, the Republicans and the Democrats were starting to kind of come together in a sense. It seemed like it. Granted, there was an alleged World War III, if you guys forget about that, at the top of 2020. They mentioned something about World War III. What was it? Something about Iran and uh, nuclear arms and uh, something about a potential World War III. Anyway, that all kind of, you know, shit the bed once, you know, COVID-19 came on the scene. Anyway, um, going forward, we as citizens of Earth, because it's a global pandemic, we citizens of Earth, look, we have had a belly full of 2020. We've had a belly full of COVID-19. We're in a new year, 2021. We need to be aware, we need to be rational, and we need to be um, problem solving. And calling it how it is. There's been literally no change in um, the protocols, the dangers, the information of COVID-19 coronavirus. It affects the elderly, people in ill health, and the morbidly obese. And it's unfortunate. And we should do everything within reason to protect that. But that does not mean to go living indefinitely in a state of lockdown, enforce procedures, enforce this, enforce that, blah, 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 blah. Because whatever's happening, it's a detriment to freedom. And it's a detriment to democracy. All these laws that just get passed and just shut up and listen to us. We know what's best for you, even though all these political bozos 
for all their political mumbo-jumbo on what is, what isn't COVID-19 procedures, protocol, death rates, spike rates, you know, mortality rates. Oh my God, the numbers are spiking. Bunch of fucking mumbo-jumbo. During Christmas, they're absconding to their little fucking beachfront getaways, you know, their little cabin getaways, and, you know, they're off to their little cruises and this and then that. You know, they're living in a state of do as I say, but not as I do. That's what the global leadership, political leadership, that is the face of it. Do as I say, but not as I do. Listen, shithead, you're an idiot. So just listen to what I have to say. And if I do the contrary, well, just never mind because you're a fucking idiot. Got it? And everybody's like, Yes, we get it. We're stupid. Don't believe me? Just look in your news cycle, wherever you live around the globe. Political officials. All of them negating COVID-19 lockdown protocol. The citizens are to stay indoors. The citizens are to be masked. The citizens are not to travel. The citizens are to sit still indefinitely. What do these fucking bozos do? They're buying up plane tickets. They're flying first class to some fucking Caribbean getaway, getting slopped over by their, you know, fucking mistresses and their fucking cabana boys. And they're off there having a fucking ball while we're fucking bound and gagged indoors indefinitely. I felt my lungs starting to hurt the other day. I was like walking down the street. I was like... Oh, I got COVID-19. Oh, wait a minute. That's what it feels like to breathe without a mask on. I took the bold step to, you know, I was like, wait, there's nobody around. You know, I I got room on my side, six feet apart from everybody. I'm going to risk it. I'm taking my mask off, you know. Ah. Oh my god, oh, my lungs were like burning. I'm like, oh, wait a minute, that's fresh air going into my lungs for once. So I don't know, we have to be awake to this reality and move forward in a rational manner. Protect the at risk, but not live in a state of fear and in a state of indefinite shutdown. People need to get back to work. People need to live, earn a living. People need to go out and walk around and be alive. It's a bit much to be masked up indefinitely. And, yo, it's a horseshit thing. Obviously, these leaders and their hypocrisy, they're obviously not scared of it. So they're using it as a political weapon to control us. It's obvious. Bunch of mumbo-jumbo. Horseshit. If they were truly fearful of their life regarding COVID-19, they would not be traveling to foreign countries on Christmas break. Who would do that? If you were truly afraid of a global virus, would you fucking flit off to some random country, especially as a leader, like these politicians, where, like, for example, in Ontario, Canada, during Christmas, there was a lockdown All travel was not recommended. People were um, 
businesses were shut down. It was only essential businesses opened. And it was like a lockdown. The government was saying no non-essential travel. They were... They were pushing this agenda of stay at home, stay quarantined, unity in the solution. Yet they go and turn a fucking hypocritical, hypocritical fucking um, sleight of hand. And they go on, they go and they abscond on their little vacations. Not all of them, but a lot of them. They're hypocrites. They're not afraid of it. They know it's horseshit. And it gets me thinking. It's like, Is this China's payback? Get ready, you mother, for the big payback. The big payback. That's where I'm at. It gets down with my woman. And that ain't right. All them cuss. Is this China's payback? For the big payback. The big payback. You know? China is like, what is it? Like the manufacturing capital of the world? Made in China. You know, for decades now, I don't know how long it's been going on. I'm not exactly a pioneer of industry, but like a lot of manufacturing is done in China. Plastics, metals, automobiles, discount bargain basement horse shit that you get at the dollar store. It's coming out of China. And you watch news stories about China throughout the decades Throughout, you know, news cycles, there's always that story of, like, pollution, air quality, smog warnings, pollution warnings, you know? It's a seven on the pollution scale. You might want to stay home with your chopsticks today, fellas. People stay home and, you know, they don't go out for rice. They stay home and, you know, make some Szechuan beef or whatever. No point going out for fucking egg rolls when there's a pollution warning, right? 7.5 on the pollution scale. Yay, yay, yay. Better stay home. And you see these videos of them walking around all masked up all the time, you know. You know? I saw one video. It's like, it makes you sad. It actually made me really sad. I'm like, looking at all these people. It's like, that's like their everyday life. They just... It was like some video and they're just talking about how, you know, there are smog warnings and pollution warnings. And it's kind of like, you know, the way it's normal in North America to wake up and check the news like, oh, what's the weather for today? Like, that's a pretty normal thing that people do in North America. They wake up, they check the weather. Well, in China, it's like from this video and from these news things that I see over time, I mean, it's. I don't have any latest statistics or anything, but it's like, it's it's pretty known. There's a lot of pollution due to manufacturing in China. And it's like, it's a normal thing. I wake up in the morning and check the pollution index. Oh, I don't know if I should go outside today. So I got to thinking. There's obviously some sort of COVID-19 weaponization going on and there's also obviously some sort of cold war style thing going on between china and the united states titans of economy 
right? So it's like, there's something going on. Hey, there's something awfully squooey going on around here. Oh, that wascoey Wuhan wabbit. You know, you have to be blind not to notice that, right? Something awfully squooey going on around here, right? So I wonder if this is all a part of that weaponization of COVID-19. And I wonder, is it all intended for revenge? I mean, yeah, sure, it's, it's disrupting global economies. And, you know, it's very stealthy in that manner. You know, it's like a fear-based, airborne. It's almost like Sasquatch. Do you believe in it or do you don't believe in it? You know, and, you know, you know, don't believe at it. Don't believe in it at your own peril, at your own risk, you know? You know, don't take heed to our warnings at your own risk, right? So it's like, there's all this fear behind it, and it's also masks. Isn't that funny? I used to think, I'm like, wow, it's pretty sad that, like, there's, I, I guess in all these, I guess it might happen in a lot of other countries, too. Heavy pollution, manufacturing, they got to wear masks. The people are just wearing masks as a part of their everyday operation. I wonder if it's like revenge. Revenge of the masks. (laughs) China's little get back, payback. Get ready, you mother. For the big payback, the Kung Flu Chinese virus. That's where it's at. Sold me out for chicken balls, chicken Szechuan. Don't want people to see what you're doing to me. Is it payback? Now, that's my own personal opinion, thought, stream of consciousness, interesting thoughts. I don't know. Time will only tell. But we do have to stand up and be men and women, and accountable for ourselves moving forward. We can't live in this fear indefinitely. And for all intents and purposes, from all accounts, it is kind of a case of, well, you choose. Do you believe in the fear or do you don't believe in the fear? Because, I mean, yeah, people are saying it's pretty serious and people apparently are dying from it. Yet on the other hand, it's... You know, a select group of people, elderly, overly obese, pre-existing health conditions. There's like a, I think the statistic is, hasn't changed. It's like, there's like a, 80% of people can recover from it without any special treatment, you know? So... kind of like Sasquatch. It's kind of like the boogeyman. I don't know. Do you believe in it or you don't believe in it? Hit me up. jr.thepodcast at gmail.com. And, um, you know, part of me is like New Year, da-da-da. Well, it's everywhere you look. You know, I'm looking out the window right now. I see people with masks on. And again, the kingdom of heaven is within. So you got to search within for that power.
can't be looking to other people to save you. No politician, no man, woman, or child is going to save you. The kingdom of heaven is within, you know? Personal power. And we have to be aware and confront these issues. So hit me up with your opinion. jr.thepodcast at gmail.com for the millionth time. Is COVID-19 a political weapon used to disrupt global economies and to gain control over the masses for whatever nefarious reason? Or is it all just a bunch of fucking hoopla? You know, it's a bunch of just mumbo jumbo. Is it Sasquatch? Let me know. Please do. And, um, you know, we are in a new year. (laughs) Pardon moi, folks. We are in a new year, 2021. And, you know, who wants to harp on the old dead past? But this is all stuff relevant to our lives every day. And that awareness, you know, um, the awareness of what's going on with our government and the awareness of like what's going on in the streets, you know, person to person, you know. Check this out. This is an article from uh, cp24.com. Article from cp24.com. At least five people injured in hammer attack at Bloor subway station. At least five people have been injured in a hammer attack at Bloor Young subway station Saturday evening. That would be Saturday January 9th. Police were called to the station around 8.45 p.m. after a man armed with a hammer reportedly struck several people on the subway platform. Toronto Pandemic... (laughs) See, it's always in your head. Toronto Paramedic Services said five people suffered minor injuries. Three of the victims were taken to hospital for treatment. Police said the suspect fled the scene but was later located and was taken into custody. Police believe it was a random incident. Yeah, so last night, January 9th, 2021, uh, Young and Bloor subway station here in Toronto, Canada, some crazed person attacked five people with a hammer. Luckily, From the report so far, all minor injuries. But still, that's what we're dealing with on the cusp of 2021. And it's not to live in fear. It's not to mask up and lock in doors and quarantine indefinitely. It's about being aware. Being aware of the political landscape and the social interaction. You know, to be awake with our eyes open. I'm packing a fish whacker. For all of y'all that don't know, this is a fish whacker. Now, like, living in a metropolis, a big city, you know, due to pandemic, due to the, you know, urban jungle nature of living in a big city. You see all these people just roaming around, acting chaotic. I got called a faggot nigger yesterday. 
pardon my French folks, it's not exactly the vocabulary I chose to use, or choose to use rather. But I was just walking down the street minding my own business and some mental patient, you know, comes stumbling out of a bus stop, you know, I guess he was, I don't know, he was taking a nap or something and then he wakes up, <clears throat> he comes stumbling out of a bus stop and he goes, faggot nigger, faggot nigger, I was like, holy moly. I'm neither of those things. You know, it's like, you want to go making up f- facts, you know? How, how about, maybe you're the faggot nigger, you homeless clown. Like, you know, you don't want to fight fire with fire. And it's not like a, it didn't mean anything to me, actually. It was kind of funny. It's like, when negativity, like, gets breathed upon you, maybe breathing is not such the correct term in this pandemic era, But, like, when you catch a whiff of negativity, it's hilarious. It's like, you know, it's like the lost soul crying out in the eternal darkness. You know? All that hate and venom, just looking at this person. It's like, obviously, you're talking to yourself. I'm rubber, you're glue, what bounces off me sticks to you. You know? I'm the excuse for your anger. You're in a world of shit, hell, and torment, sadly. And um, you feel a certain way and you want to project it upon me. You want to make racial slurs to the black community. You want to make homophobic slurs toward the gay community. And you don't care about the validity of any of them. You don't care about the anger and evilness and ugliness of it. You just want to throw it at a person. You know what I mean? You know, and it's like, as a straight black man, I'm just like, I didn't know what to make of it other than, oh, just negativity, like truly hilarious. I was just like, I looked at the guy and I was just like, just kept walking. Right. And, you know, that's why I'm packing a fish whacker. You know what I'm saying? Like these, these people, there's such evil and anger out in the world. They'll come out with all sorts of profanities for no reason they'll make an enemy out of you for no reason those people who got attacked by some random crazed person with a hammer you know you got to be aware of your surroundings and you know be aware of your enemies you know it's like you got to be aware that this evil exists i'm even i even got like a one of those defense, uh, you know, those little, um, it's like a keychain defense mechanism. It's like a, just a little something you put on your keychain. You see that, folks? Kind of like a knuckle buster type thing. I got it on Amazon for like $8. It's just a little thing I have on my keychain. You know, that way if somebody ever, you know, pops up on me, I can, whap, 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 you know, give them a couple of shots, shots with this, you know, alleviate the conflict. Then, with the fish whacker, you know, in my backpack, pull that out if I ever need it, you know, got to be prepared. You don't have to hate your enemy either. That's the thing. It's like, I don't hate these people for what they do. And it's actually a good thing because they reveal who they are. You don't have to hate your enemy. But it's good to know who they are. 
you know, they make it quite clear when they say things like that. It's like, oh, you're like an evil person who's crazy. I mean, see ya. You just kind of go upon your way. But you got to be aware. It's like, I, I can't imagine. Like, I saw the guy coming a mile away. You know, like, I, as I was crossing the street, I was walking and I saw him. I'm like, oh, here comes a crazed person. So I kind of kept my distance. And then, you know, he said what he said and it was no big deal. And I kept walking. And I wonder about these poor people, these poor unfortunate souls. I mean, to get hit with a hammer, five people struck with a hammer. It's like, how do you not see a, how do you not notice, oh, there's a crazy person holding a hammer? Like, these people can't even get close to me that way. It's like, I'm aware of what's around me. It's like, you're not sneaking up on me with a hammer when I'm out in public. So... If that's helpful to anyone out there, it's like, be aware. Be aware, especially during these times, man. A lot of nonsense going on, unfortunately. Doesn't mean you have to be all crazy and da 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 Like, this fish whacker, it's actually quite uh, aerated, if that's the word I want. It's not that solid. It's a deterrent. This is something that would deter a person quite quickly. But any real blow to the head, it's not really dense enough. It's not, it's not like a lead pipe. It, it doesn't have the density of something that would fracture a skull. You know, it's, it's purely for self-defense to, to deter someone should they, you know, fuck with me. So it's like... <clears throat> See, like, I'm looking out the window right now. There's a guy doing push-ups on the sidewalk. That's what I'm talking about. Crazed lunacy. Or is this just a jogger trying to get the best out of his... Okay, never mind. Just pour some... Holy moly. When was the last time you saw that? This guy... <laughs> I'm looking out the window right now, folks. This guy literally did... He thought he was being tough, but he did, like, five push-ups... Well, it was probably like 10. He did like 10 push-ups, and then he got into a car. That's that's new. Is that like an Uber driver? You know, just trying to make the most of his day. Drop off some Uber, Uber Eats, then do some push-ups, and then go back on delivery. Real go-getter in 2021. Public push-ups. But that's what I'm talking about, folks. I mean, I'm... You know, I'm talking about crazy people in Metropolis. I look out the window as I'm speaking to you. There's a fucking guy doing push-ups outside of my window. We need to be aware, folks. <sighs> now he's now he's outside. Now he got out of the car. Now, oh my God, is he going to do more push-ups? Now he's like bent over like he's winded. He's like scratching his head. Now he's getting back into the car. He's in the passenger seat, by the way. Obviously. Now what? Now the car is backing up. Unfreaking believable. So, I mean, <laughs> I don't know about y'all folks, but I'm, thank God for the fish whacker, you know? If it's good enough for the fish, then it's good enough for them clowns doing push ups in public, you know? I ain't taking no guff. Anyways, folks, you know? Be aware. Awake. 
aware of your surroundings when you're out in public. This too shall pass, you know, we're, we got to be rounding the corner on this whole pandemic situation. And once we break free of this, the heightened sense of anxiety, hope, hopefully will dissipate. But right now it's, um, these are some trying times. So keep vigilant. Stay alert, stay safe. Hallelujah. We have this opportunity for a new year here in 2021. All the best to y'all, you know. Eyes up, awake, aware, make decisions, you know. Get the information, you know. Um, March to the beat of your own drum. I think at some point it's going to come down to people making the decision for themselves on how they want to approach post-pandemic, you know? Like, hey, just because you don't want to wear a mask indefinitely doesn't mean you're against vaccines or vice versa. I personally, I will wear masks, I will social distance to an extent, you know, especially indoors. I am anti-vaccine. I'm not going to wear, I'm not going to take a vaccine. But hey, to each their own. It's your body. It's your choice. We have to take back the personal sovereignty that is being, you know, bamboozled from us, you know, stolen from us during this unprecedented time in our history. We haven't seen anything like this since the Spanish flu. Well, no shit. What bozo was around during the Spanish flu? Did they fucking make them wear masks and live indoors indefinitely and fucking shut down every job and, you know, cancel Christmas? Fucking Santa Claus didn't even come this year. I don't know about you folks. Didn't want to bring it up, but Santa was a no-show this year. You know, I woke up, crack it on, Christmas morning, milk and cookies still on the fucking counter. Son of a bitch. And what a fucking asshole. Santa. Just. Fucking prick. I couldn't believe it. He was a fucking no-show. Cockroaches are nibbling on the fucking milk and cookies. Fucking roaches swimming in my fucking milk. That fucking bozo took it off, you know. I got everybody hypnotized. So we need to stand up and reclaim our personal sovereignty. And that's going to take people working together. I mean, as we saw that chaos there in the uh, the U.S. Capitol, um, in Washington there, past couple days. People need to work together. People have to be respectful of other people's opinions and come to a rational agreement. On life. <laughs> you know, stop. We need to stop being so hell-bent on controlling one another and hating one another. That's what this all is about. Hate and control. They hate us, they love us. They love us, they hate us. 
They want to control us. They want to control us. They want to control us. That's what this is all about. So we need to break free of that. Hallelujah. It's your old chuckle buddy. Guess who? Janet and James Ramcharan. Reporting live for duty on this magnificent January 10th in the year of our Lord, 2021. Yes. Hey, reasonable protocols, reasonable, reasonable protocol, reasonable decisions, reasonable, reasonable, reasonable. Let's be reasonable in 2021. How about that? You know, I ain't greedy. 2021 don't have to be perfect, but can it at least be reasonable? Hit me up, jr.thepodcast at gmail.com. If you got any questions, queries, or qualms, the show is available on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, my own website, jonathan-ramcharan.com. And if you're enjoying the show, folks, please help my black ass out. Share me with a friend. Till next time, folks. You live it, you love it, you realize it. I. Peace.